Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! A Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy holidays to everybody this particular week. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this holiday weekend of college and NFL football. College football bowl games are well underway. The National Football League into its second penultimate week of the football season here with just two weeks remaining. We'll tear that down along with the college football bowl games that have been played so far season to date. Victor, I want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas as well. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very, very much. Right back at you, and happy holidays to all of our podcast listeners also. Yeah, it's a real, really great time of the season here. Not only is it the football games coming to a, a conclusion here, but it's also a great time with the holidays as well. Holidays means college bowl times as you're a football fan, and we are well underway now into the college football 2015 bowl season with 40 huge bowl games on tap this football season here. Victor and I are going to conclude our College Bowl extravaganza part two on the show today when we tear down three major bowl games on the card this particular week. And Victor, what has been your take so far as we enter into the second week of the college football bowl games of what you've seen on the bowls card this season? Well, again, we record the podcast on Wednesday morning. So we've basically had three days worth of bowls as we are, uh, recording our podcast, Mark, and it was a good start for the favorites through the first two days. The favorites went four and two, but then yesterday on Tuesday was a really good day for the dogs as they went 2-0 with Akron and Toledo from the MAC conference with outright bowl wins. Kind of surprising given the difficulties the MAC conference has had in the bowls over the last five or six years. So we're split right down the middle now. Four dogs, four favorites, four and four overall. And from a totals perspective, Saturday started out like gangbusters for over players. Four out of the five bowl games on Saturday went over the total. One more went over the total on Monday. And then yesterday on Tuesday, there were two games that went under the total. So it's five and three overall, five overs three unders that included uh, our selection on uh, under the total in yesterday's potato bowl as well. So dogs and favorites split right down the middle and uh, overs uh, five unders three thus far. So far as we speak here on Wednesday, Victor, it'll be two bowl games involving Mac opponents Wednesday in the Poinsettia Bowl with Northern Illinois taking on Boise State, the Go Daddy Bowl with Bowling Green taking on Georgia Southern. But prior to those bowl games on Wednesday, as you mentioned here, the MAC Conference surprising 3-0 and to the spread in bowl games, two straight-up wins. What do you take, Victor, what do you foresee here as far as strengths of conferences go moving forward in these bowl games? Are there any particular conferences you see that you uh, portend to have probably a bit of a difficult time or that you see surprising and being good to their reward and backing their backers? You know, you wouldn't be going out on a limb predicting the SEC to have the best ball record. And I do think of their 10 ball games, they're going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, seven to eight wins. Their projected ball strength of schedule is fourth toughest 
among the Power Five. Uh, Pac-12 conference, uh, very interesting, and I, I do have some thoughts there. First off, I thought it was fascinating that they are favored in all 10 of their bowl games, the Pac-12 conference. I do project their bowl record to be somewhere in the area of uh, six and four, maybe seven and three. They do have the weakest bowl strength of schedule amongst the Power Five conferences, which does explain to some extent the reason that, that they are favored in all 10 of their bowl games. In terms of difficulty, uh, I don't know if the Big 12 is going to get over 500 in the bowls. I project them at three and four. They do have the second toughest strength of schedule amongst the Power 5 conferences. And I think uh, one of the conferences that just might be bringing up the rear could easily be the Big Ten. I project them at four and six in their ten bowl games. They do have the toughest strength of schedule, so that does explain that a little bit as well. And, of course, they've enjoyed an outstanding season to date. Four teams are heading into the bowl season with ten or more wins, but I think it's going to be difficult for them to get five or more bowl wins during the season, Mark. Overview from Victor King of the college football bowl games in the conferences, what to expect moving down the road. There's an excellent article Victor put together in this year's edition of the 2015 college bowl stat report. We call it the college bowl conference call where all the conferences are broke down both straight up against the spread in their best and worst particular roles. You can pick up a copy of the college bowl stat report online at playbook.com. It's a 20-page publication this year, just bursting with 40 bowl games. Every bit of information you'll need at your fingertips from now through the college football bowl final game, the Cactus Bowl, taking place January 2nd. That's the college football bowl stat report. Download your copy today at playbook.com. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, let's move over to the National Football League side of things where we're getting down to the nitty-gritty portion of the season, just two weeks remaining, and the college, or the I should say the NFL playoff picture is getting a little bit crowded at the moment right now, if you will. You take a look at uh, the teams that are in the playoffs, if the playoffs were to start this particular weekend, we'd have New England and Cincinnati with bye weeks. We would have Denver, Houston, Kansas City, and Pittsburgh playing in the wildcard games with the New York Jets, Indianapolis, and Jacksonville knocking on the playoff door. On the flip side, in the NFC, Carolina and Arizona would be enjoying the bye weeks. Green Bay, Washington, Seattle, and Minnesota would be the wild card representatives with Atlanta, Philadelphia, and the New York Giants looking to do all they can to barge into the wild card playoff scene as well. Victor, your take on the National Football League playoff situation as it is right now. Any of these teams that you see that are out of on the outside looking in that perhaps may find their way into the playoffs. Well, first off, I think it's fascinating that at five and nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars are still in the playoff race, but they are. They're two games behind the division leading Houston Texans who are seven and seven. Last week, we touched a little bit on uh, two of the hotter teams in the AFC. One being the New York Jets that I mentioned the, who have a shot at advancing far if they can get to the postseason. That is the big if. And uh, that will largely be decided this Sunday when they host the Patriots. And, of course, a must-win game and definitely one of the more marquee matchups this week in the NFL, Mark, as far as the uh, NFC side of things. The Atlanta Falcons, a little too little, too late. A big uh, uh, underdog road win last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
but not quite enough to get them in the playoffs. Uh, most of the NFC teams are decided. It's all going to come down to that NFC East. Is it going to be the Redskins at 7-7? Seven and seven? Is it going to be the Eagles? Of course, that's going to be a fantastic game on Saturday night. It's also going to be the game that we cover here on the podcast. So if you ask me, that's the only real question mark in the NFC conference, uh, the uh, NFC East division title. And before I throw it back to you, Mark, we've got to mention Sunday's results. Uh, a very, very good Sunday overall. Uh, you had your perfect system game of the year on the New York Giants. Our service, our King Creole service, we happen to have over the total in that game is our 10-star NFL game of the year. And uh, we hit both sides of that one. Whether you parlayed it, teased it, played it individually, it was nice hitting both sides of that. I think my side was a little easier to get to since we cast <laughs> the over in the third quarter. Uh, and the Giants, they were down, what, 28 points in that game? A, a heck of a comeback for the uh, Giants in that game. And uh, nice call uh, by you in that one. And, of course, we're proud of hitting our 10-star NFL game of the year for the fourth year in a row. Congratulations, Victor. That was quite a call. It was the highest scoring game of the National yep. Football League card on Sunday, a convincing 10-star overplay of the year. And let me ask you this question, Victor, here, before we go to break here, about the uh, Odell Beckham situation that we all witnessed Sunday in that football comeback by the Giants against the Panthers. Uh, your take on the Odell Beckham situation here, he's obviously been suspended a week by the National Football League, and it's, it's said he's going to appeal that suspension here. And uh, uh, the reason I'm mentioning that is uh, we called this out in the Playbook newsletter this week that according to NJ.com, that's NewJersey.com, there have been 18 suspensions of players in the National Football League the past 18, and those that have appealed those suspensions, 14 of the appeals were denied. Three of them were allowed, and one of them was reduced. What do you feel will happen with Odell Beckham in his appeal situation with the National Football League this week? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scared what's going to happen. I feel that the, they're going to uphold, uphold the suspension, and I'm scared because I'm in my fantasy football playoffs, and I've got another playoff game coming up this weekend, and he's the number one player on my team, and uh, my team's not going <laughs> to advance unless I get Beckham in the lineup. So, of course, I have a personal agenda, and as you mentioned, the hearing is uh, going to be taking place sometime today on Wednesday. If it is upheld, he would uh, miss the Sunday night nationally televised game against the Vikings. That is the flex game. The game originally was going to be Baltimore-Pittsburgh on uh, – Sunday night, but NBC flexed it and they moved Minnesota to the New York Giants. That came, of course, he was called for what three personal fouls and one on that second half play that uh, drew the leagues and most of America's attention when he basically took a running start and launched himself headfirst into Panthers cornerback Josh Norman. He was flagged on the play, he was allowed to stay in the game. I would have preferred that maybe they tossed him out of the game and then they not have a suspension, but it is what it is. I'll say this about that game. Uh, the officials, they didn't drop the flags. They dropped the ball in that game. There were numerous penalties in that game in which they could have really calmed things down, and for some reason they did not. You heard the, the, the CBS announcers, or I'm sorry, was it the Fox announcers, a guy like Troy Aikman saying, you know, this this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing that the officials have lost control of this game. Yeah, you saw it. We saw it. The nation saw it. And the officials did not react. I think they, 
the officials are the ones that should be suspended uh, for their actions in the football game, along with Odell Beckham. But we'll find out exactly what happens here. And as you mentioned here, you're going to be hurting if Odell Beckham doesn't play with your fantasy team. But (laughs) believe me, the New York Giants are going to be hurting as well. Their playoff chances will go right out the window if he's not allowed to play this particular weekend. And one final thought here, Victor, before we go to break here, the Pro Bowl announcements were announced this week, and Carolina Panthers had 10 players that were made the Pro Bowl this year, seven players from Arizona, New England, and Seattle. That's not a surprise at all because those teams have been the dominant teams in the AFC and NFC thus far. But uh, one note here about Russell Wilson and this terror that he's on, five straight-up wins and covers in his last five football games. He's thrown 19 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he has a 146.8 passer rating. I think uh, would you put Victor Russell Wilson into the MVP talk right now? I know Tom Brady is the leading candidate, but I think would you have to acknowledge that Russell Wilson has to be deserving of at least a call for the MVP race? Absolutely. It's a three-horse race. Brady, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson. I uh, agree totally. It's going to be one of those three guys. And in that same vein here, when those Pro Bowl announcements were made, it was a little bit stunning to find Andy Dalton of the Cincinnati Bengals not on the Pro Bowl roster. They opted to take Ben Roethlisberger instead from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think if you look season overall numbers to date, Dalton's numbers are a bit better than uh, Roethlisberger's. But that's the subject we have with each and every year when the Pro Bowl announcements are made. There's always eyebrows that happen to raise that uh, flares that didn't make it. But nonetheless, uh, their players are now more focused for the playoff run as opposed to the all-star Pro Bowl game, which will become after the football season. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our National Football League, or I'm sorry, our college football bowl extravaganza on the show this week. We're going to tear down the Citrus Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and the Rose Bowl when we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll free at 1 844 900 2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need. Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and yours. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. It's time for our college football bowl extravaganza part two. 
when we tear down the Citrus Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, and Rose Bowl matchups this week. Victor, your take, the Citrus Bowl, takes place down here in Florida when the Florida Gators take on the Michigan Wolverines. How do you see the Gators and the Wolverines faring in the Citrus Bowl this year? January 1st, number 14, Michigan, number 19, Florida. The Wolverines, four to four and a half point favorite. The over-under line opened at 43. Of course, we're not surprised that the line has steamed down. The last time we looked, 39 and a half. If you're thinking of going under at 39 and a half, there's not a heck of a lot of uh, margin for error. Michigan coming in at, what, 7-5 and five over under on the season. The average Michigan game, 47.8 points. Florida, 5-8 and eight over under on the season. And the average Gator game, 41.0 points. The Gators finished the year extremely strong on defense, 1-5 and five over under. Michigan, an interesting story, they started the year going under the total in each of their five games. However, they closed the season going over the total in their last seven games and by a margin of plus 12.7 points per game. Now, they might be historical powerhouses, but, you know, neither team received a ton of hype entering 2015. So, uh, to say the least, both teams have definitely exceeded expectations. Of course, Michigan brings an elite defense to the table. They had three shutouts on the year, and those were three in a row, I might add. They are giving up, what, 17.2 points per game only. That's ranked number 11 in college football. And the Gators rock an elite defense as well, Mark, allowing 16.5 points per game. That's even better than Michigan, ranked number eight in the country. Uh, Both squads are riding semi-losing streaks heading into the bowl season. This is the lowest over-under line in any of the bowls, currently at 39.5. I don't think it's going to stop there. I think it could very well go down to 38, maybe even 37.5. The average score in the Citrus Bowl has been 56.6 in the last five Citrus Bowls. I think there's going to be a little bit of value, Mark, actually on the over in this particular game. And I'm looking at my sportsbook spy, and 92% of the public money is on the under in this game. And when I see such one-sided action in that game, it's kind of got you wanting to look the other way. And uh, let's look at this here. Michigan's gone, what, 6-2 and two to the over their last eight bowl games. They've gone 4-0 and oh to the over in their last four against the SEC. Florida's gone 5-1 and one to the over their last six games against Big Ten teams. They've gone 7-3 and three to the over in January. I think once... We get down to the January 1st and New Year's Day, and this line's down somewhere around 37, 38 points. There's actually going to be a little bit of value on this game over the total, and that's where I'm leaning right now in the Citrus Bowl. Victor takes advantage of the value in the Florida-Michigan Citrus Bowl game, leaning to the over total in that contest, with the lowest total being posted of all the bowl games this season. Big matchup here between the Gators and the Wolverines. Florida under new head coach Jim McElwain, Achieved a 10-win season this year. That's quite an accomplishment for a program that had 10 combined wins the previous two years before McElwain entered into the program. 7-2 and two straight up into the spread. The last nine games are the Florida Gators in bowl games. And you're talking about an underdog that lost their conference championship game. We call this out because in the college football bowl stat report, we note that teams that were involved in a college football bowl championship game who lost that contest are 19-11-1 to the spread in bowl games when they're taking points. So they tend to get back up off the carpet in bowl games in this particular situation. 
the Achilles heel for the Gators, obviously, has been their offense here of late, where they've been able to find the end zone and muster points on the in the scoreboard uh, coming in this contest. But given an extra three weeks or four weeks to prepare for this football game, I'm sure the Gators will make amends and fix that ASAP. For the Michigan Wolverines, they come in here noting that New Year's Day bowl favorites who allowed 33 or more points in their last game as favorites, they're just 8-13 and 13 straight up, 5-16 and 16 to the spread. You've also got working against Michigan in this bowl game is what we call our new coach bowl angle. And what that is is any team that had a new coach that began the football season with this program, those new coaches in bowl games when they're favored are 17-31-2 against the spread. This game being played down in the state of Florida, the fan support will definitely be Gators. You'll see a lot of orange, blue and orange in the stands at the Citrus Bowl in this contest here with Florida, the underdog in the contest. I'll grab the points with the Gators from my side in the Citrus Bowl matchup. Let's move over now to the New Year's Day Fiesta Bowl game, a great contest here between Notre Dame and Ohio State. Of all the New Year's Day six bowl games, this appears to be the most intriguing when the Irish take on the Buckeyes. Victor, your take on this Fiesta Bowl matchup. This could easily be a you know championship playoff game. Number seven, Ohio State. Number eight, Notre Dame. Buckeyes favored by uh, around a touchdown, six and a half, seven points. The over-under line is going up. It opened at 53.5. It's at 56.5 as we record the podcast here on Wednesday morning. And again, uh, don't tell these two teams that this game isn't as important as the two semifinal games that will be played the night before. Uh, it, just as much talent and potential to be great as those two. And I definitely think both squads should come out uh, ready to play one heck of a football game. The Buckeyes, a 3-9 and over-under team on the season, a complete reversal from last year when they went 12-3 and over-under. Notre Dame is split right down the middle. They've gone 6-6 six and six over-under on the season. The average points in Notre Dame games, 57.1. The average points scored in the Fiesta Bowl in the last five games, 72.2 points per game. If this were the Buckeyes of last season, I would easily say let's go over the total. But again, like the Citrus Bowl that we talked about, I think there's going to be a case where there's going to be value on this game under the total. I see the line going up another two, perhaps even three points, getting into the high 50s when they kick it off there on January 1st, Mark. And again, this is one another one of those games where – 90% or more of the early public money has come in on this game over the total. I like the value again on the under. Uh, don't forget the Buckeyes have struggled on offense all season long. Their offensive numbers are down 10 points per game compared to last year. That's 45 points per game last year to 35 this year. The defense has been much, much better this season. They allowed only 22 points per game last year, only 14 this year. Again, a complete reversal. They come in on a 1-5 over-under run in their last six games. The Buckeyes have gone under the total in four of their last five bowl games. They've gone under the total in five of their last six non-conference games. They've gone under the total in five of their last seven games in January. Notre Dame, 3-7-1 and one over-under. Last 11 versus Big Ten, 1-4 over-under. Last five on neutral sites. Again, once we get to the game here in a couple of weeks on New Year's Day, I think there's going to be value, and I'll be looking to go under in the Fiesta Bowl with the Buckeyes taking on the Irish. 
Another value play, Victor King says, go under the total in the Notre Dame-Ohio State Fiesta Bowl matchup with value aplenty in that bowl game. And I agree with you, Victor. I think this matchup here could well be a football playoff matchup. These two football teams were knocking on the playoff, college football playoff door, just missed making the playoffs because of late losses late in the season. But nonetheless, a great matchup in the Fiesta Bowl here. Notre Dame enters in the, into this football game. They've struggled in the past in bowl games. We have to acknowledge that they're just 5-11 and 11, straight up and 4-12 and 12 to the spread the last 16 bowl games. But the Irish have also fared rather quite well in bowl games, or I should say bowl teams have fared well against Big Ten teams in bowl games. When these bowl dogs allow less than 23 points a game on the season, as do the Irish, they're 18-8 and eight to the spread against Big Ten teams in bowl games. This is a Notre Dame football team that I felt was going to make the college football playoffs at the beginning of the football season. I bought a future on them before they end up getting a little bit injured. I shouldn't say a little bit, a lot injured this football season here, but a credit to Brian Kelly on keeping this football program on track. He got them to the Fiesta Bowl as a consolation prize, if you will. The Ohio State Buckeyes come in as the defending national champions. And they're running on the same parallel pattern this year, I see, that Florida State ran last year. Florida State, the defending champion or the champions in 2014, they struggled in the 2015 football season, both straight up and against the spread. They had trouble playing to the level of their competition. They played continuously down to the level of the opposition. They were the number one team on everybody's schedule, and everybody gave their best effort. That happened to be against the Ohio State Buckeyes this year as well. And I want to draw this also, this parallel, however, that when Florida State, after last football season, went into their bowl game after having sipped the champagne from the national championship the year prior, they got drilled in the Rose Bowl. They lost 59-20 to in the Rose Bowl did Florida State last year. The Buckeyes come in here 3-0 and to the spread in their series against Notre Dame, the last three matchups that they've had. But from the College Football Bowl Stat Report, and these are dandy stats and facts that we publish in the Bowl Stat Report, I'm going to highly encourage you to get your copy now at playbook.com. Download the College Football Bowl Stat Report. In this game, we note that defending national champions that are up a double-digit spread win coming into a bowl game there have been five of them since 1980. All five have lost straight up and against the spread. That plays against the Ohio State Buckeyes in this game. I'll play Notre Dame plus the points. I'll also play them on the money line in this contest. We like the Irish plus the points against Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl matchup. Let's conclude our college football bowl extravaganza. We'll hop over to the Rose Bowl matchup. We have a matchup, once again, of Big Ten and Pac-12 football teams, as it should be this year when Iowa takes on Stanford. Victor, how do you see the Rose Bowl coming down in Pasadena this year? Number five, Iowa. Number six, Stanford. I bet you these teams both wish there was a eight-team playoff rather than a four-team playoff because they would both definitely be in. You know, Iowa's what? an inch away from ending up in the college football playoff this year uh, after losing that really, really close one to Michigan State in the Big Ten championship game. They're going to have to settle for the Rose Bowl after an undefeated season. But if the fan base reaction is any sort of an indication, uh, Iowa players should be pretty excited about getting to face the Pac-12 champion uh, Stanford Cardinal there in uh, Pasadena. Of course, Stanford's season started off kind of rough with a, what, 16-6 to loss against Northwestern. They did bounce back to blow out UC, uh, USC a few weeks later. They beat UCLA. They beat Washington State. Uh, so uh, they beat USC again a second time and round to a conference title. 
plus a win over Notre Dame. So some uh, marquee wins for the Stanford team. Uh, Stanford team favored by six and a half to seven points in this game. The over-under line opened at 56 and a half. It has since come down about three full points to the current number of 53. Iowa, when you think Hawkeye football, you usually think defense and low-scoring games. That was not the case this year in terms of their over-under results. They went eight and four over-under on the season, 50.6 total points per game in the Hawkeye contests. Stanford went seven and six over-under on the season, 60.3 points per game. It figures to be one of these, one might think, to be an old-fashioned slugfest kind of game between two teams who are known for, what, developing great offensive linemen and running pro-style offenses. In fact, a lot of this game could you know, probably be, be played in a phone booth. However, both teams have offensive weapons this year to spread that field. Of course, McCaffrey, AP Player of the Year, Heisman runner-up, an obvious game-breaker, whether it's running with the football, throwing the football, catching the football, returning kicks. Of course, Iowa quarterback C.J. Beathard showed off his strong arm with an 85-yard touchdown pass to wide receiver in that uh, Tavon Smith in that Big Ten championship game. And we could be in for a very exciting game, both for those fans who like old-school football and for those fans who still like big plays. And this is the third of our bowl games, Mark, in which I'm going to fade the line move and go against the line move. It opened at 56. As I mentioned, it's down to 53. I could see it coming down to 51 or 52 when they do play it on January 1st. I'm going to like the value with the over in this game. Iowa 4-1 and one to the over, their last five against the Pac-12 conference. Stanford 4-1 and one to the over, last five neutral site games. Rose Bowl average 59 points per game, last five Rose Bowls. Again, I'm going to fade the line move and lean over in the Rose Bowl on January 1st. Victor King makes it a hat trick, a value hat trick in our college football bowl extravaganza as he uses the value to his advantage. Once again, he goes over the total in the Rose Bowl showdown between Iowa and Stanford. And Victor mentioned Iowa one inch away from making it to the college football playoffs this year. A great year by Kirk Ferentz and his Iowa Hawkeyes here. Uh, Ferentz comes into the bowl game here 7-3 and three to the spread as a dog the 10 times he's been an underdog in college football bowl games. And this is also another bowl dog who uh, comes into this contest having lost that their conference championship title game, much the same role as we mentioned earlier on with the Florida Gators here. But when they're dogs of seven or more points in this particular role, they improved to seven and one to the spread in this role. The Stanford Cardinal comes in, this being their third Rose Bowl game in the past four years. And I don't like the way in which they come into this contest. And the reason I say that is if you take a look inside our weekly Midweek Alert Football Newsletter, that's our statistical newsletter here. You take a look at their stat logs, the Stanford Cardinal here. The last three games of the season, they went 3-0 and in those games. They won all three football contests, but they were outgained in two of the games, 139 yards by California, 111 yards by Notre Dame, and in their big 19-point win over Southern Cal, they eked out and won the stats by only 60 yards. This football team is not playing as well on the field as the scoreboard indicates here. We also note from our college football bowl stat report that Stanford is just one in 12 straight up and three and 10 against the spread away from the farm 
when they take on a 666 or better non-conference opponent here. I like the fact also that as favorites of six or more points against Big Ten teams, just one and four of the spread are the Cardinal here. Yes, they led the nation in time of possession this year, but the Iowa Hawkeyes, the blue-collar Hawkeyes plus the points, are my side in this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When we come back, our holiday festivities continue with our National Football League game of the week. We've got a dandy on tap with the Washington Redskins taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll tear that game down and much, much more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL over-under trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you and yours, Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King. This special holiday week, we're tearing down our National Football League Game of the Week on the show. Today, we're going to hop over to the NFC East Division when the Washington Redskins travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles in a key NFC East Division battle. Victor, how do you see this battle shipping up this Saturday? You got that right. Key, Washington wraps up the division with a road win against Philadelphia on Saturday night. Now, this is one of those primetime games, Mark, and you know what the general public likes to do with the primetime games. They like betting over the total. Uh, and I'm not surprised. You know, last week in the NFL was only the second week all season in which all three primetime games went over the total. The Thursday night game, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game. So, again, this is where the squares are going to be going in this game. They're going to be going over the total. The line is showing that. It opened at 47. It's currently up to, what, 48 and a half points. I could see it going up to 49 and a half, maybe even 50. And at this early stage of the week, there's a full 95% of the public action that's bet the over in this game. Guess which way we're going? We're going under. And uh, we're feeling pretty confident in our under, that's for sure. Washington 7-7 seven and seven over under on the season, 
three and five over under in their road games, 43.3 points per game. Philadelphia, this is the reason that there's so much overaction in this game. People look at this Philadelphia, high tempo, Chip Kelly offense. They immediately think a lot of points, and they've underachieved all season long, under being the key word, six and eight over under. For Philadelphia on the season, three and four over under at home. In regards to the series history between these two teams, last 10 meetings in Philadelphia have gone three, six, and one over under. Average line 45, average points scored 42.7. I think the key to this game is Kirk Cousins. And Mark, Kirk Cousins gets my vote for most improved player in the NFL this season. He's certainly the most improved quarterback, as he's ranked what, number eight? in the NFL player passing statistics for the season. That's correct. He's rated higher than Roethlisberger. He's rated higher than Eli Manning. He's rated higher than Aaron Rodgers. He's rated higher than Phillip Rivers. That's Kirk Cousins, 22-11, to touchdown versus interception on the season. And what he's doing is he's staying away. They're shying away from forcing those long throws in hopes of hitting a home run. As a result... He's seen his uptick in his completion percentage, and he's reduced the frequency of turnovers. Uh, Of course, the byproduct is the absence of big plays. Washington is ranked number 25 in the league in receptions of 20 or more yards. And uh, this figures not to change against the Eagles. Uh, Combine this with Philadelphia's inability to stop the run, and Washington's going to be thinking run first in this particular game. Now, I know Philadelphia scored, what, 35 points against the Eagles a couple weeks ago. But let's remember, that 35-point outburst was skewed by touchdowns on defense, touchdowns on special teams. And this offense's recent performance makes such a scenario unlikely. The Eagles have been held under 20 points in four of their last six contests. The Redskins are holding opponents to 19.7 points per game the last four weeks. We can expect these struggles to continue. It's a big division game. Not a lot of home run balls here. Again, I love the value in the under, and that's which way we're going. Let's wait for the over-under line to top out before we play this game under the total on Saturday night. Victor King with a solid case for the under in the matchup of the Washington Redskins and Philadelphia Eagles in this big NFC East division battle Saturday night. As Victor mentioned, a win by the Redskins would clinch the NFC East Division title for the Redskins, and what a coup that would be for this football program with Jay Gruden and Kirk Cousins making amends for what uh, everybody perceived to be a terrible season last year. And Victor, I'm going to throw this out also. You mentioned about the great year that Cousins is having here. He's ranked number eight in the quarterback rankings here. I think if you made a bar bet this year and you asked people, which quarterback ranked higher in the ratings this football season, Johnny Manziel or Tony Romo? You'd fall off your stool if you found out that Johnny Manziel has a higher quarterback rating than Tony Romo Right, <laughs> does this football season here. But back to this football game at hand here, the Washington Redskins come in struggling on the road. We have to acknowledge that they're just 1-5 straight up away this year. And in fact, you go back their last 20 road games, they're just 2-8. and eight straight up. So they're going to have to do something that they've had trouble with in the past. That's finding a way to win a game away from Landover in this particular contest here. 10-2 and two to the spread as dogs are the Redskins after taking on an AFC opponent. And also 9-1 and one to the spread in the first of back-to-back road games 
when they're coming off a non-division opponent. For the Philadelphia Eagles, a struggling Philadelphia Eagle football team that's really gone downhill the moves that Chip Kelly made in the offseason were disastrous. Uh, from uh, from uh, letting Shady McCoy go to Buffalo in that trade, signing Demarcus Murray as a running back, bringing Sam Bradford in here, it's all been tumultuous for this football program here, and it shows in their effort on the playing field here. They're going to need a win tonight and a win next week, and they do that, they'll clinch the NFC East. So the fate is in their hands for the Philadelphia Eagles here as well. What I don't like about the program, they come in here having lost the stats in each of the last five straight football games in a row. That makes them a leaking oil favorite coming into this contest here. They're also terrible at home when they're hosting an opponent that has a better record than they do. You go back and you look at the Eagles in this situation, they're just 4-9 and nine straight up and 3-10 and ten to the spread at home against opponents with a superior record. They're also just 1-6 straight up when they have same-season revenge at home since 2005. The capper on this football game to me is the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles at home off a home loss the previous week, the last nine times they've been in this role, they've lost all nine games straight up and against the spread. I don't see that reversing here. It's like backing a racehorse that's not in good condition here and you're trying to make him what he used to be or you want them to, what you want them to be, and they're simply not playing good football here. I'll take the Washington Redskins plus the points against Philadelphia for my side in this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. It's the Christmas holiday season right now. With that, we're going to hop out to Las Vegas and check in with our good friend Andy Isco to catch the Vegas vibe. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Happy holidays, and I hope everything is going for well for you in Vegas this holiday season. Everything is going fine, Mark, and I return the uh, greetings to you, Victor, you and yours, and uh, to all of our listeners for a, a very happy, healthy, and uh, profitable and prosperous, uh, not just the holiday season, but also 2016. Well, thank you, Andy. That's very kind of you, and uh, we've enjoyed having you on the show this week. This is our second to last show of the football season here, our final show will be next week for the final week of the National Football League season. And along the way, we've gotten great insight from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. And if you haven't done so yet, I encourage you to download his weekly newsletter. You can do that, do so at TheLogicalApproach.com. And he's been keeping us up to date on what's been going on in the Superbook contest this year. And it looks like, Andy, that the leader is beginning to either pull away or margin himself to a pretty nice position to be in these final two weeks of the contest. Yeah, the leader rounding again is the name of the entry. Four and one last week. They're now 53, 19, and three on the season. And of course, the contest uses a point system to keep track. You get one point for a win against the spread, a half point for a push. So the leader now has 54 and a half points. That works out to a percentage of 72.7%. More importantly, at least as far as that leader is concerned, a three and a half point lead over the second place entry that has just 51 points. I shouldn't say just 51 points because that's also not too far away from the 70% uh, threshold. Uh, nonetheless, looking at the leaderboard, in order to cash in the top 50 right now, you need to have accumulated 46 points. That works out to a percentage of just over 61%. So for many years, 60% was the magic number. If you could hit 60%, you would almost be assured of cashing, even back in the days when they only paid the top 20 places. But of course, back then, 
Uh, for most of the uh, history of the contest, they would have uh, roughly 250 to 300 entries. Well, the entries have exploded in recent years. As a result, it's been cut tougher to cash. They expanded the uh, pay places from 20, first to 30, and now to 50, and now it's taking a little bit over 60%. As I say, right now, 61.3% to be in cashing position, and that percentage has been roughly stable over the past month or so. Andy, talking about the Superbook contest here, and uh, we've noticed that there was a tail in the second half of the contest here with the consensus plays coming down from where they started the football season here. I think that's only natural uh, given the fact that you're into the second half of the season here and uh, some of the contestants begin playing a little bit out of character, if you will. How is the consensus holding up here last week and thus far this season? Well, last week it had another three and two weeks, so it's been uh, pretty steady over the past month or so where three and twos, at least the last three weeks, have been uh, all three and two. So that brings the record for the season to 41-32-2. That's nine games above 500. That would put that, uh, those uh, consensus contestants at 42 points, which is 56%, which is pretty close to what it's been over the last month, six weeks or so, after getting off to a blistering 15-5 and five start. So basically you can see their nine games over 500, so they've been basically one game below 500 uh, for the uh, intervening weeks following the fourth week of the season. So still a profitable season for those who play the consensus, uh, however, not nearly as profitable after the month of September. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com for our weekly Vegas Vibe. And Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Andy on the show this week as well. Right. I wanted to ask Andy about a couple of NFL games the impact of the over-under line based on some questionable quarterbacking. Number one in the Houston-Tennessee game. It looks like Mariota won't play, but I don't know what's going on in regards to Houston. I still don't see an over-under line in that game, Andy. And also Jacksonville-New Orleans. I heard uh, earlier this morning that they might shut Drew Brees down for the season. Have you heard anything on these two games? No, that's exactly the latest information that there is some uh, possibility that Breeze will be shut down. Uh, I believe he has some plantar fasciitis uh, issues, and uh, with the New Orleans out of the playoff picture mathematically, uh, they've been realistically out for quite some time, but mathematically now they're out. There doesn't seem to be any reason to have him continue to play uh, nursing this type of injury. Uh, as far as the Houston-Tennessee game goes, once again, we don't know exactly uh, the status of who's going to be starting uh, for Houston. Houston, there is the possibility that uh, uh, Brian Hoyer could be uh, cleared from his concussion protocol. We won't know that until later in the week. So we've seen not just no total, but we've seen not uh, any line uh, as uh, as well in that game. The New Orleans game, uh, initially the total was right around 51. The Saints were about three-and-a-half-point favorites. But then after the Monday night game, when we found out about Drew Brees, that game was quickly taken off. And I anticipate we probably won't have that put up until uh, much later in the week. Andy, speaking about line moves, were there any other major line moves that you saw from those that Jay Cornegay sent out last week as opposed to where the line set as we speak today, Wednesday morning? Actually, considering the magnitude and the number of line moves we've seen over the past month and a half, this week was relatively quiet. In fact, I've only highlighted three games that there were any significant movements from the lines that Jay had posted uh, about a week ago in the uh, look-ahead lines. The Giants in Minnesota, the game that's been flexed to the Sunday night game, which may or may not have meaning for either or both teams, depending upon the events earlier in the weekend, Minnesota was expected to be a three-point uh, home favorite. Now, when this uh, line came out after 
these uh, early Sunday games, and there was the speculation that Odell Beckham Jr. would be suspended uh, for the New York Giants. There was an adjustment of Minnesota being a four-point favorite. Maybe part of that was due to Minnesota's performance last week in routing Chicago, and the Giants also falling behind to Carolina 35-7 and then rallying and just uh, coming up a bit short as they gave up that late field goal. That line came up at four. Then the talk about the suspension of Beckham really intensified as more information was shown and gathered, and that line came back up at five and a half, uh, which is where it sits on Wednesday pending the resolution of Odell Beckham Jr.'s appeal. Uh, One other game uh, that I can mention in in the Sunday schedule, at least, Detroit hosting San Francisco. Detroit, of course, with that big Monday night win, San Francisco outplayed in a 24-14 loss to Cincinnati on Sunday that was not as close as that score would suggest. Detroit had been a six-and-a-half point home favorite last week before these games were played. Uh, Following Sunday's action, the Lions came up and were made eight-and-a-half point home favorites. The game was taken down pending the result of the Monday night game between the Lions and the Saints, and despite the fact that the uh, Lions won that game and basically were in control from early first quarter, when the line came up Tuesday morning, instead of eight and a half, the line was posted up at eight. It didn't take the betting public very long, however, to say that wasn't enough of an adjustment. They bet it up not only the opening, not over only over the opening Sunday number of eight and a half, but up to nine. So a significant adjustment in that game. And then we have the Monday night game between Cincinnati and Denver. Last week, Denver was expected to be a four and a half point home favorite, but after another dismal performance, especially in the second half where the Broncos have failed to score for three straight games, uh, that loss in Pittsburgh where they blew that 17-point lead, when the line came up on Sunday uh, evening, uh, Denver was down to a three-and-a-half point favorite. So it didn't quite cross the key number of three, but it did go from four-and-a-half down to three, and of course four, a very important number in NFL games. Not quite as important as three or seven, but right up there with the six. A good rundown of the Malign moves in Las Vegas this week from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. And Andy, before you get off to your holiday festivities this week in Las Vegas, I know our listeners out there would love to know what you've got on tap for a complimentary play on the show this week. At this time of the year, I like to look for teams that are just playing out the string that don't have especially strong defenses but have capable offenses, and I look for high-scoring games, and I think this week we've got such a a situation in Tampa Bay where the Chicago Bears are visiting the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay, a team that's shown especially offensively great improvement during the course of the season with quarterback Jameis Winston. He's got some fine receivers. Doug Martin gives him a fine running game to uh, provide offensive balance, and it's not that this similar from what we've seen in Chicago where Jay Cutler's having a fine, productive year. He's got some nice wide receiver weapons, especially when you look at guys like Alshon Jeffrey, etc. Uh, Matt Forte gives balance to the running game, also capable of uh, catching passes out of the backfield. Both defenses have shown improvement throughout the course of the year, but part of the reason why you like this game uh, situation late in the year is that the defenses with nothing on the line don't bring the great sort of intensity that you see in games, such as, for example, we'll see probably Monday night in the game between Cincinnati and Denver where things are on the line for both teams. So I'm going to look for this to be a wide, openly played game. Plenty of points on the scoreboard, and I look for Chicago and Tampa Bay to go over the total of 45 and a half. 
Andy Isco goes over the total in the Chicago Bear-Tampa Bay football game for his complimentary play on the show this week as he looks for the Bears to go over for the fifth time in a row after playing a game on a Thursday. He goes over the total in the Bears-Bucks game for his complimentary play. Andy, I'm going to thank you once again for a great job on the show this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this weekend and happy holidays to you and yours this weekend as well. And the same to you guys. Happy holidays, a safe holiday weekend, and I'll look forward to our preview of Week 17 next week. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas with the Vegas vibe. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to put the final wraps on this show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week. Victor and I will also send along our complimentary plays on this Christmas weekend as well when we come back for the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week, and it's a repeat from last week. We call it Military Matters, and we're repeating it because the two qualifying plays will be on tap this week to take advantage of. In our Military Matters awesome angle of the week, we look to play on any military team in a bowl game if they average 300 or more rushing yards per game on the season. Simply put, these military bowl teams that rush the ball for over 300 yards a game are 17-4 and four against the spread as bowlers since 1980. With that, we'll be playing on Navy in the military bowl game Monday and on Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl on Tuesday for our awesome angle play on the show this week. And with that, Victor, I'm going to hand it off to you with your complimentary play on the show. And if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creel Sports this holiday weekend. 
Thank you, Mark. Good podcast today, jam-packed with what bowl content and uh, holiday goodness, and I think we brought our A game, and we got some great newsletters this week. The Playbook newsletter is a special double issue. Of course, we got bowl games, we got NFL games, and now we're starting to incorporate college basketball and NBA content as well, and you're going to want to grab this week's issue at playbook.com. The totals tip sheet off another winning week. We went three and one last week in the totals tip sheet. Uh, this week is the second last issue of the season available for $8 at playbook.com as well. And for our free play this week, Mark, we're going to be going under the total in the Carolina Panthers Atlanta Falcons game. I know last week we were on the over in the Panthers Giants game. We're switching gears here. And, uh, well, I hate to say it, but we're liking the value on the under of this game. Since I've talked about this, this is the fifth game in which uh, there's been value involved in our totals plays. They're going to start calling me Vic Value. It opened at, what, 46.5 points. This game's already up to 47.5. There's even a couple of 48s out there. I could see it going up even higher. And when I do see the line in Atlanta Falcons games going higher, i got to scratch my head. It happened last week in the game against Jacksonville in which the over-under line kept on going up and in which we mentioned the under was the play and the under was the play. And the same thing this week, another Atlanta Falcons game in which the over-under line is going up. you got to love the value on the under. After all, we're talking about an Atlanta Falcons team that has not gone over the total since early October. That's right. They're on a 10-game under streak in a row, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, average margin minus 8.6 points per game. It also doesn't hurt us at all that this is a Carolina-Atlanta series in which the under has gone a perfect 5-0 and in the last five meetings in Atlanta with an average of only 39.2 combined points per game. Uh, you're not going to see one team run it up against the other in this all-important division game. And this is something that I mentioned in this week's totals tip sheet. This is a really good week of the season to go under the total for teams who close the year with back-to-back -back division games. Here's what I pulled out of the database. Uh, in the last uh, seven seasons, there's been eight overs, 32 unders, two ties for all game 15 teams playing in the first of back-to-back -back division games. That's the case here as both of these teams have division contests next week. And the uh, uh, specific line that we're looking for is greater than 41 points. And in fact, in the last two years, these games have gone a perfect 0-9-1 over under. Not only that, but there's about five or six games in the NFL that qualify in this extreme low-scoring situation. We'll let you guys figure out what those other games are. Of course, this is Atlanta's first home game in a month as they are off three road contests in a row. This has gone 0-6 over under last six years. Home underdogs of greater than a field goal off three or more road games in a row when the over under line is 50 or less points. That applies to Atlanta. And at last look, the Falcons were getting, what, a TD or more in this game? They're anywhere from seven to seven and a half point home dog. Big division home underdogs of seven or more points have gone 2-14 and 14 over under in the last four years. They've gone 0-6 oh over under in the last 12 months when the over under line is greater than 44 points. 
of course, uh, as everyone is aware, Carolina still undefeated, 12-0 straight up on the season off that close win last week against the Giants. This has gone 1-10 and over-under since 2006. Game 12 or greater division favorites of six or more points who have a current one-loss percentage of 900 or greater. Again, Mark, I like the value in this game. We're going to wait for the over-under line to top out before we make our move on the under. Panthers-Falcons under the total. Now, I mentioned all these unders. There is a game in the NFL this week that I do like over. It's going to be our four-star over of the week in the NFL and that's off the heels of last week's 10-star over of the year winner, Giants-Panthers over. This week's four-star over of the week, it'll be up on the Playbook website on Friday evening. And, Mark, happy holidays to you and Colleen. Well, thank you very much, Victor. I appreciate that. Same back to you and Sandy and the family as well. And with that, we'll move on to my complimentary play on the football card this weekend. I want to remind our listeners once again that my friends at mybookie.ag are offering our listeners a $1,000 sign-up bonus. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag, enter the code BOWL50, BOWL50, to pick up a $1,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag, or give them a call toll-free. The number is 1-855-612-BETS. That's 1-855-612-2387. A quick reminder that my 10-star NFL Game of the Year will kick off this Sunday. It's all part of a 10-star week of winners from our late phone football service, which has gone 5-1 and one the past two weekends. Included will be every college bowl selection I make from Thursday through Wednesday and all of our NFL plays, including the 10-star NFL Game of the Year for just $149 complete. To take advantage, log on to the website at playbook.com or give me a call toll-free. The number is 1-800-321-7777 for our 10-star NFL Game of the Year week of winners. You'll be glad you did. My complimentary play on the football show this week comes directly from this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. It happens to be our upset special of the week in the newsletter. We're going to take the Nebraska Cornhuskers plus the points against UCLA in the Foster Farms Bowl game. And we mentioned this right up in the football contest here, that Nebraska enters this football game as a 500 or sub-500 football team, and teams that are in this role in bowl games have fared really, really well in football bowl games. People tend to dismiss these teams as not being a good football team, but they come and they play hard. They're happy to be in the bowl game, and they're, re- they're rewarding their backers quite frequently. You're talking about a head coach of Mike Riley from Nebraska who has played numerous close-call football games this year. Five games have been decided in the final minute of play by the Nebraska Cornhuskers this football season here. They're in every game they play. And in fact, you take a look at Mike Riley when he's in a bowl game and his team owns a record of 666 or less. He's been there six times. He's won five of those games straight up and against the spread. For UCLA, they come in here, as I call a disappointed bowl favorite here, on the opposite of Nebraska being thrilled to be here, UCLA disappointed to be in the Foster Farms Bowl game. This team had visions of winning the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. They instead settled for the Foster Farms Bowl game. They're just 4-6 and six straight up their last 10 bowl games in this contest here. I'm going to grab the points with Nebraska for my complimentary play in the Foster Farms Bowl game this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to listen. I'm going to mentioned to all of our listeners out there and wish you a very merry christmas a happy holiday and feliz navidad to all of our listeners out there 
I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco for joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you once again to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.